Hello everyone. Last time we on the last episode of Explained Austin, we said that someone had to leave a four-star or higher written review on Apple Podcasts for Explaining to Austin, or else Austin Bennett, co-host of this podcast, would be saying a racial slur live on air on the podcast. Our warning was not heeded, and no written review of four star or higher, no written review at all, in fact, not even rank, uh, not even a bad one, not even a bad one was left. And so now the consequences must be doled out. Austin here, our wonderful co host, will say a racial slur, a, a, an attack against. A, a persecuted minority group what will he say what will the slur be will this cause reverberations throughout his life of him being canceled <laughs> find out right after this intro music Austin Bennett says a racial slur. Dirty greaseball goomba ass meatball eating stupid Italian wops. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you forced him to do that. You caused that. I didn't want to. That vinegar, bitter, uh, acid tongued uh, hate to be spewed from Austin's mouth. And it all counts, folks. That because let me tell you, Italians. I mean, they're the most persecuted of all the racial minorities. So don't even say for a second that 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 doesn't count. I mean, yesterday, for God's sake, they're trying to change Columbus Day. They're trying to get rid of Columbus Day, the greatest Italian. The greatest Italian. Ooh, that might be worse than what I said. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, you all caused that to happen, so uh, let let that sit. That's not my fault or Austin's fault. Don't hold Austin responsible. This is y'all. That's the audi- That's your, the audience's fault. All it would have taken is you could have given us hell. If we would have gotten even a negative review, honestly, at this point, a, a one-star review that said, fuck you, uh, and that's all it said, you know, that would have been enough. <laughs> but there was nothing, and so that was the consequent. You know, I could write a review right now. Well, and it's just to show how little effort it takes. I wrote a review. If you scroll, there's two reviews, and this first one is mine. Uh, anyway, um, we, well, hopefully it'll change eventually. Maybe maybe this, this horrific display is enough to guilt their consciences into leaving a review, right? Oh, God, let's hope. Well, folks, uh, we're back. Uh, we're back post- uh, conspiracy month and and post last week uh, which we took off because I was a, uh, a sick little girl I was fucking sick as a dog and you know I gotta say it's pretty childish of you to get sick pretty like, unprofessional. Why, are you, why are you an adult woman still getting sick I know that's 
I think I speak for all of the explaining to Austin listeners um, when I say grow up a little. Well, let me tell you, I had COVID. That's what I had. You just told me you didn't. I had no. Well, I You're lied. Lying I had COVID. You're lying then. I lied then. I'm telling the truth now. I had COVID, and guess okay. what? Right. I don't. I never took the vaccine, and I survived it. So, all, all I took, a hundred percent natural. I drank gallons. I was say, how are you already more problematic than me? And I'm the one that said a slur. Well, uh, many would argue against the point that that's the case, that I'm being more problematic. I'm standing for freedom and, the, I went and with you bodily when you autonomy. Vaccine. I held your hand. No, that was a, that I was a cupped, placebo. I cupped your balls. That was <laughs> – you, you made me turn and cough when they pushed, put the shot in me. The doctors heavily advised me to not do that, but I, I was like, no, 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 I know it's best for you her. You checked my prostate I'm a free at the same time. Yeah, that, I was giving uh, you an old, uh, the old, you know, prostate check. At the, they kill two birds with one stone. Cup, you know, cup two balls with one vaccine. <laughs> cup two balls with mine own hand. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, in this in this medical economy, you know, you try to get as many procedures done at once as you can because it saves you money because they're not having to, to charge you double for labor. Right. That's a good point, Austin. Uh, this is, oh, wow. Okay. Very good point and very good burp. Thank you. But actually, so to be serious, I didn't get the vaccine. I've only drank in gallons and gallons of distilled water, uh, you know, that you buy at the grocery store to use and, um, you know, people use for various applications. You're not really supposed to drink it. Because it doesn't have any of the actual uh, hydrating benefits of real water. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've heard that. Is that actually... I don't know, but I've just been... I, I read it on the internet that that would cure my COVID, and it did. Oh, okay. Have you seen... You know, like, bullshit aside, um, ozonated water as a treatment? No, but I'm not surprised. No, no, no. It's, like, more legit. Oh, really? Than... No, yeah, it's not going to cure you, but it can help the symptoms because, like, ozone in water can, like, help open up lung function. Like, from the ozone layer? No, you can buy ozonators, which are just a machine that turns oxygen into O3, hmm. which is all ozone is, you well, know? Why don't we just use that for the ozone in the sky, and then it would I fix don't know the how hole? That, I don't know how it works. I don't know the science there. I just know that if you ozonate water and then drink it really fast... You can, like, help the, like, chest pain or, like, the breathing problems, allegedly. Hmm. I'm not a doctor. I saw one guy talking about this, and then I read, like, a couple – I skimmed an article. And I was like, oh, okay, it seems, like, somewhat legit. I've know. been – I've just been, like, straight shooting bleach into my veins like a heroin addict. I've been uh, shoving Evectorman up my rectum. Ivermectin? Evectorman? Ivermectin. That's I don't a, know. Evectorman sounds like a guy's last name. Thomas Evectorman. <laughs> Thomas Evectorman. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, check this out. Yeah. I bought a I bought a little fart uh, sound machine from the dollar store. I love that. How about that? You like yeah, that? That was a good one. Nice. Uh, well, um, sorry about last week. Yeah, but, uh, I was sick and I just didn't want to, didn't, wasn't up to, wasn't up, didn't have my strength to record, didn't want to put out a bad episode. And of course, Austin is, uh, is too lazy to take the initiative to do an episode on his own. Um, anyway, that's enough inside baseball. Uh, I'm not playing baseball. you've been well? 
yeah, I've been pretty good. Um, reorganized my house, swapped what was the living room and the music room, um, because the music room was small and the living room didn't need to be as big. So I've got a person moving into my house, um, this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, for a little bit until they get a more permanent thing going. Um, so I need to get my desk out of the guest room. Right. So I could continue this beautiful podcast and spread freedom and truth to uh, fellow patriots. Right. <laughs> of course. Um, I thought you were going to say you moved all the stuff that was outside inside and all the stuff that was inside outside yeah, of I, your I house. Yeah, I flipped my house inside out, actually. You're living outside now. Yeah, we're outside, so if you hear um, gunshots or yeah, cars. or yeah. birds. Um, but yeah, I got my drum kit all in here. It looks all nice in front of my little tapestry. Um, yeah, I mean, the living room is very cozy in a really good way because it's like a smaller room now, so it just feels much more intimate. It's really nice. So it, um, it, the the sound right now we're getting is pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I can't hear myself. So right. I'm really just banking on you to tell me when I'm a fuck up. Your, your microphone doesn't have headphones or something? No, it doesn't have a headphone jack on it. It's kind of a oh. shit microphone, and I'm going to buy another one. But... All right, well. I mean, it sounds good. Like, it's uh, good sound quality. Yeah, well, but... uh, yeah, well that's, what, that's why this week... Uh, well, that's why we started taking ads on our show, of course. You'll remember from previous episode, we, we, we reached out to InfoWars and they did one of their brain pill ads. So uh, we're doing ads on the show. Oh, so I've been using those and believe me, I'm my uh, brain talking. But His brain got f- much bigger to the point where he had to, go to, he had to go to the hospital because uh, it was swelling. When they're uh, taking it. When they said it would make your brain bigger and more powerful, what they really meant was it would cause swelling and they'd have to go to the hospital to open his skull. The more, yeah, I had to, um, I had to get trepanned. Right. They they performed a, a trepanation on me. Um, Japan is also... my favorite country. Alienation <laughs> of Japan. Yeah. Um, what's cool though is it did actually make it more powerful in that if I put um, a positive lead on um the left side of my septum piercing and a negative lead on the right side uh-huh um i get 12.6 volts oh great direct current not not you, ac you can charge a small appliance you can run a small appliance on that i could charge a car battery oh wow oh yeah a whole car battery nice um i did want to mention uh just for listeners of the show who might be interested the the new york no not new washington post put out an article it might be from last week um about like uh how susceptible you are to conspiracy theories um we're not going to go through the whole article because other podcasts more successful podcasts have already done that on recent episodes and i don't want to be accused of uh of copying but i will just say coming off of conspiracy month it's uh it's pretty fun to see questions like uh you know saying that oh you know believing that yeah like the questions would be like it would give you like four choices and only one of them was true and i remember one of them was like uh you know jfk was uh not killed by a lone gunman and it was a conspiracy jeffrey epstein uh did not kill himself and was you know hit was killed due to a conspiracy uh martin luther king was was uh wiretapped uh, and then i think the last one on that i don't remember but like it was like yeah jf oh no jfk uh was definitely only killed it was a lone gunman uh nothing else jeffrey epstein uh definitely killed himself everything clear there they say that like martin yeah the fbi did uh keep tabs on martin luther king uh and uh in the in in the 40s 
it's like it, even the ones that they admit to doing are like very sterilized. Like they right. refer to the Contras from the uh, Iran Contra scandal as revolutionaries oh and not God. death squads. So uh, just if you're interested, I thought it was, uh, you know, apropos considering we just finished our little conspiracy unit so uh check that out if you want to uh be be reminded that the washington post is like uh owned by amazon well it's owned by amazon and also basically since its inception has uh functioned as a as an arm of the u.s intelligence um you know community and agencies so All right, well, uh, you know, we've had a, we, the former episodes, of course, uh, last week with the break off, but the episodes before that, you know, doing all of our deep digging into the treachery of the deep state and the intelligence agencies, you know, it was a lot of work, it was a lot of heavy, there was a lot of, you know, very uh, fact-heavy, a lot of uh, intense episodes, so today we're taking it easy, we're having a fun little romp if you will uh on a on a fun pop culture subject both of us are familiar with and and having some fun with it so um austin will you tell our wonderful audience uh what today's topic is (laughs) well tonight we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're taking the the kessel run through some weird and and wacky articles on wikipedia uh, very, very nice, very nice. Uh, you like that that pun? Yeah, it was good. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a pun. It's more it wasn't a, more of a more of a referent a referential. Uh, I don't know, it, whatever it was. We're taking a castle run in less than twelve parsecs. Parsecs we, a measure of distance. We are delving into the Star Wars online encyclopedia, uh, Wikipedia. Specifically, I picked out some. Uh, some strange, some some dumb, some goofy articles. Specifically, yes. I've kind of picked some ones on uh, on characters and 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 places uh, and groups that you would have never thought required entire Wikipedia-style articles written on them from the Star Wars universe. And we'll start with the ones I have, and maybe go from there, and just kind of talk about the ridiculous lore that uh, these articles entail. Because boy, does Star Wars sure have some lore. I um, something I love about uh, oh my god, what's something I love about Star Wars lore is just like how much of it there is for no reason, and like I think that's almost what makes it good sci-fi is that a lot of it's just really boring like normal world shit. Well, if you want more of that, go watch some star trek because boy yeah does that get, get into, into minutia does that get into boring uh everyday bureaucratic functionings of a space society yeah i um 
I definitely want to get into Star Trek, um, but you I should just, just haven't. You should just start watching. It's on Netflix. You should watch. Just watch uh, the Next Generation. Um, on, you should just start watching that. That's what I did, and it. You know, it's a good. It's as good as a starting place. You know. I need to finish, um, Star Wars Rebels first, and then I'll be caught up on all the extended universe shows for Star Wars, and then I'll get into. Uh, Star Trek, right. most likely. Well, uh, speaking of lore, Star Trek, uh, because, Austin, did you know that on Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Data's brother, his name is Lore. Huh. That's hilarious. What's that one character in Star Wars who... R- Robert? Yeah, Robert and his flask. His fame... No, it's he's a rebel pilot, I think, and he's an alien that looks like he's got like a mustache... Oh, the little... He's, like, uh, short. The, well, I, I probably shouldn't say that. I was going to say he looks like a... He's a caricature of a race. He looks like a racist caricature. He you, does. I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Neen Nub. Neen Nub. He's that sure. little guy who sits in the cockpit with Lando in in uh, Episode 6 when Lando flies the Falcon to destroy the Death Star. He's the co-pilot. Yes, He's that little guy yes. who's like... He's got those big chubby cheeks. He's a Celestian male arms dealer and smuggler who just looks like he was designed in poor taste. Well, that's like a large portion of Star Wars. We can go through that real quick before we even get into Wikipedia. Let's talk about that. Star Wars characters that are obviously just like uh, thinly veiled racist caricatures. Okay, so uh, Neen Nub, who I've, who I've, yeah, I mean, the, the most popular one I've seen and, and feels accurate are, 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 you know, being like, oh, he's, he's like a little like Mexican guy. Uh, that's yeah, what I've yeah, always and heard. It, and I think it's funny that there is that amount of like, like thinly veiled racism because wasn't it like like George Lucas has said that the Empire represents America right and that the the rebels are the Viet Cong so it's like yes. he's progressive as hell in that and, front and, yeah and, then, and he's also like a big he's also like uh, he stated some of his biggest influences are like Soviet cinema and yeah and yeah. then he based it off of like very much inspired by the Vietnam War I don't know I I feel like with George Lucas it it was. I feel like a lot of these were, like, maybe subconscious, and he just didn't, like, because the the next couple I'm going to name are all from the prequels, and, like, you know, famously, he kind of had, like, complete and total creative control, as opposed to the original trilogy, where there were more hands-on, and I feel like with these next couple, it was more like George having so much control and so little people to, like, uh, push back that no one ever stopped and said, hey, George, have you considered people might you know, think that this seems a bit like of a racist caricature. Yeah, you know, having having a crew of people to check you is, uh, is a good thing. The next ones, I would say, of course, are uh, famous, you know, Watto, obviously, and the Toydarian little flying guys with their little big elephant trunk noses. Of course, uh, people like to, uh, given that, Wado, especially the the one the bit most famous one from the films, is like a uh, you know kind of greedy you know pawn shop owner basically, uh, a bit of an anti-Semitic trope there, uh, and then also of course the Trade Federation owners the nemoidians those fishy yeah, guys yeah. a bit too close to uh especially in how they speak they kind of they kind of gave them the like asian uh asian american you know 
types yeah. like kung fu movie character yeah, yeah like, like accent you know saying mm-hmm. speech impediment on like r's and stuff with with w's and l's and stuff it's like Ooh. yeah it's like <sighs> come on george <laughs> So I, I just Googled Star Wars racist characters because I was curious if someone had, like, compiled anything. Right. Um, and a Wikipedia article for Jar Jar Banks pulls up, and apparently Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal uh, accused, <laughs> described Jar Jar as a Rastafarian, Rastafarian step-and-fetch-it on platform hooves crossed annoyingly with Butterfly McQueen. Well, I've heard that before, and I, I saying th- that he's a racist caricature of a Jamaican person. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that the Gungans. Some people think they're a little too, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I've I've heard that argument against the Gungans, and I can see where that's coming from as well. Given that you know, there's not, you know, famously not a whole lot of black people in Star Wars, and one of the few black actors in the Phantom Menace. I think you know, Mace. I think uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in like one scene in the Phantom Menace, but you know, the the most prominent black actor in the Phantom Menace is uh, what's his name, Ahmed Best or whatever, who mm-hmm. plays Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> Mocap and voice. Um. Oh, but apparently, so George Lucas has denied the racist implications, and Ahmed Best has also rejected the allegations, saying that Jar Jar has nothing to do with the Caribbean. All right, well. Hey, fair uh, enough. You know, if he, he played the character. I mean, you know, if, if there are really, you know, black people out there who think that it is, I mean, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. But uh, right, you it's know, not our place. I don't know. With a lot of these, they seem fairly... Even though they're pretty, you know, questionable, ultimately they're they're mostly just goofy space fantasy characters. Uh, so, right. I mean, written I, in a time I, I think, kind of a new genre. Yeah, I think hopefully, um, you know, it it hasn't done too much harm in the world. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, anyway, um, so I don't even remember what we. Yeah, so we're just gonna. You know, this is like the incel episode where we talked about weird incel terms uh, via the incel wiki or whatever. But this time, weird stuff off of uh, Wikipedia, um, Star Wars-wise. Of course, this is indebted to some degree to, if you haven't ever seen it before, the uh, one of the funniest videos of all time. The Red Letter Media, what is it, oh. like top ten facts about it's Darth, about Darth Vader's, Vader's suit. suit. Oh, uh, very funny video. It's I don't know also, how many times I've watched that. It's uh, if, if you want to learn some of the most ridiculous lore details about Darth Vader's suit, uh, and its horrible, horrible malfunctioning uh, properties, uh, go check that video. One, out. how it was polished with voodoo hide. Yes, uh, and many other things, and uh, constantly falling down and things like that. Anyway, Austin, are you ready? You want to just go ahead and uh, oh, baby. learn some right Star Wars? It. Let's kick it into hyperdrive. First off, I want to establish that Wikipedia um, 
famously when I'm not sure when it occurred. I think it was around 2016 or 17, whenever The Force Awakens came out, Disney famously, you know, after Disney bought Star Wars in 2013 or whatever, sometime between 2013 and 2017, they famously um, erased the expanded universe, so to speak, or yeah, they decanonized, decanonized a, lot a lot of stuff. So on Wikipedia, you'll find that um, there are... On most most you know detailed enough pages on a you know whatever topic or character, there is the canon tab and the legends tab, and everything under legends is what was in former uh, canon expanded Ooh, universe. Now technically not, but uh, you know I'll, I'll when we get to it, a lot of the more interesting stuff that has like years worth of uh, of you know backstory into. You know, because not as much has been written, obviously, just time-wise, that is in the canon, you know, of new stuff. So, uh, I'll, I'll be pointing out when I've switched over to Legends, because some of these articles, uh, the Legends section is much more interesting than the canon. Oh, can I just say um, that I just learned that there's another character of the same species of Nine-Num named Ten-Num? I, I guess that's just like a last name thing. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's a and male. they go. They're all numbers, huh? Nine nub, no, ten nub. No, then there's also Tay nub. Eleven nub. No, there's no other listed. Just Tay, nine, and ten. Uh, Four hundred thirty-six nub. <laughs> so ten nub, num, numb? N u m b. I don't numb. know if I'm supposed to pronounce it like numb or numb. Oh my god, maybe number. Oh yeah, they're all C. He's a B-wing pilot during uh, the Battle of Endor. Very nice. I guess they're good at flying. Because there's he two was of friends them. with Nine Num. Well, that's, of course, <laughs> okay. they probably knew each other. They all they all know each other, right? Yeah, they all know each other. Oh God. Anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, so I've. Uh, I have a couple articles, just at least as a starting point. I don't know if this will end up lasting us the whole episode, or if not, we'll branch out, but uh, or go on side, you know, tangents. This first one I have, though, of course, I wanted to start with a, you know, a character most people are familiar with. So I went with, um, I brought up the article on huts. Of course, famously, uh, most people know of Jabba the Hut. Uh, and so I'll read this opening description. Huts were a large, they, I like how most of the articles, first off, I want to say they're all like past tense going with that Star Wars apparently took place a long time ago in a galaxy far. far So these are, a lot of these are like, uh, past tense articles. Huts were a large slug-like sentient species who were native to the planet Nalhada. They were known as galactic gangsters whose Grand Hut Council controlled the Hut Clan Crime Syndicate. One famous Hut was the crime lord Jabba, who ruled a criminal empire from his palace on Tatooine. Right. Uh, and then... Uh, I'm quite familiar with the Huts as uh, someone who's watched all of Clone Wars. Of course. Uh, down in the biology and appearance section... First, we have a quote from C-3PO. It says, never tickle a hut. Ooh. 
I don't recall what that what's that's Does from. Does it say when that's from? Or? Uh, there's a thing. Let me see. Apparently, that is from a comic book from 2020, where C-3PO says, "Never tickle a hut." Okay, thank you, C-3. Huts were massive slug-like species who had large mouths and stubby arms. They had three lungs. That's one sentence. They had three lungs, period. They have three lungs. They okay. had three lungs. Where does that establish from? I'm going to look it up. Because there are links. That's from uh, Master and Apprentice, uh, which is a, a novel, apparently. A canon mm-hmm. novel written in 2019. Uh, back to the thing. Uh, they were tough and muscular with thick leathery skin uh which was wrinkled and slimy huts often had watery eyes and slack facial expressions uh their tails were supported by a skeletal spine and allowed the huts to propel themselves through the through muck which legs would sink into despite their legendary adult sizes uh huts started out as tiny hutlets less than half a meter in height Mm, of course uh you know, hearkening back, if you let me let me let me go ahead and, and put the series The Mandalorian on blast for a second. All right, uh, they stole their whole bit from the Clone Wars movie. All right, where they got to take that little hut baby. You seen that? Oh, that's that 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 was like Baby Yoda. You know, like zero point five. <laughs> that was their test they tested that out they said what if we took this weird looking alien and made a baby version i'm just saying yeah sure sure let me see the their home world of nalhada had a hot atmosphere and was frequently streaked by greasy rain <laughs> oh i hate that what the fuck is greasy rain <laughs> Oh, God, imagine rain just is, like, slippery and makes you feel sticky. It's just, like, is it rain? It's just grease that's coming down in rain form? What if it's, like, a vinaigrette coming from the sky, like, a mixed? Hmm. Creating a fetid sauna in which the huts were most comfortable. Yum. Uh, my favorite Prince song, Greasy Rain. <laughs> if, we do, if we don't do something about climate change, we're going to start having greasy rain before too long. That's true. Um, you know, I've, I do a good hut impression, fun fact. You want to do it? Maybe. Maybe I'll bust it out. Um, so I play a Star Wars-based tabletop RPG. Right. Um, and Nerd. Like, yeah, it's a great time. Loser. Okay. Gay. Um, kind of. Uh, Excuse um, you. Bless you. Um, and one time my character, we were talking to a hut. And, um, they, uh, I asked our DM, I was like, hey, uh, can I do better on my interpretation role if I, like, like, do a good hot impression? Right. <laughs> he, was, he was like, fuck it, sure. And, and literally was like, unta undi wapa wama. And he was like, yeah, no, that passes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow that. That's, I feel like that's just like going to China or Japan and, and making like racist fake Asian language. <laughs> well, no, because he like worked it into the canon. He was like, since you can do it, I'm going to allow your character to have some previous knowledge of the language. I was like, oh, okay, sick. Okay. He All didn't right. just say, say like, you got lucky. 
let me i think i could try let me try one i feel like yours you you had like the the sound right but it needs to be lower like uh yeah i didn't do as much of a growl as i normally do let me let's see huts could live for centuries Jabba was 604 when he was killed and could grow to enormous and and they could grow to enormous sizes fun fact you know most people think that uh you know of course famously uh Jabba the Hutt's sail barge crashed and you know the contemporary uh you know the media and the government you know stuff like the Tatooine post they'd have you believe uh. that Jabba the Hutt committed suicide but uh actually you know what really happened he was murdered by the by a rebel force because he by had, terrorists he had information about the uh, an intergalactic pedophile ring that he was helping run wow his middle name actually was uh was was epstein java epstein hut epstein the hut yeah did you know that mm mm I did not. It's true. This is news to It's Austin. in George Lucas's original script for for uh, A New Hope. This have, is news oh, to Daddy. Have you ever seen the Job of the Hut? Not the special edition version where they put in a CGI Job of the Hut. Have you ever seen like the original uh, deleted scene from A New Hope with Job of the Hut where he's not even a slug person? It's no, literally what? just like some big fat guy with like a bunch of pelts on being like. I feel like, why do I feel like he had a Scottish accent? Because I feel like he did, and he just, you know, he, he runs into Han in the spaceport before they leave uh, Moss Eisley or whatever, and he's like, Han, me boy, you owe me some money! And it's just like this big fat <laughs> guy with, with fur. Yeah, it's just fur, he's a fat guy with fur on and stuff. This is very interesting. Pre-slug uh, job of the hut. That's pretty amazing. Um, huts were not known for being healthy. Some huts suffered from a genetic defect that caused their skin to bereft of pigment and pr- uh, to be bereft of pigment and prone to cracking. Well, that's just a bit of a body shame right there. That's yeah, we should be nicer. Like, you know, come at him for his other things. Right. Not not for his body. That's just So those are those are some hut uh, characteristics, some facts. Then it goes into to some uh, some deep uh some deep hut lore that i'm not going to read in completion um i do want to point out that let me see where it was um i think it was here we go so under the age of the empire um during the age of the empire the huts and other organized organized criminal groups exercised a powerful grip on the galaxy the huts also had extensive dealings with the galactic empire and helped run several black site prisons so i like the the hut the huts and maybe like now huddle were, were just now huddle was just like the guantanamo bay of of the empire oh, it's like australia yeah like so old school australia nice to know that the, that the huts were like uh you know co-conspirators of uh waterboarding god i mean it's not surprising they literally were like the mafia they just they just killed lots of innocent people and like did that they were like the italian mob like honestly like you were late on your payments they fucking beat the fuck out of you and threw you in uh, uh, carbonite right 
that they just instead of waterboarding you at these black site prisons, they just sit on you and they're so fat that it starts to make you suffocate. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I just noticed this I hadn't before, but it in the New Republic era, uh it says the huts were disliked by both the populace and the centrists, two main factions in the New Republic Senate. And I'm sorry, I have to go look at whatever the centrists of Star Wars are. Uh, okay, so apparently this this is some quotes between Ransom Kalsterfo and Leia Organa, of course. Uh, As for political philosophy, we all we centrists want is to take a fair look at what aspects of the Empire actually worked. <laughs> centralizing power creating maximum efficiency binding the worlds of the galaxy close together can you honestly say it did no good whatsoever and then i am assuming this is leia saying whatever good came of the empire came at too high a price then i agree completely but what if we could achieve some of those same benefits without repeating palpatine's mistakes wow that you know centrism remains the same across all time and space it's literally yeah it's Centrists are just as fucking stupid in Star Wars as they are in real life. It says, um, unlike the populace, they were in favor of stronger galactic executive and a more powerful military, uh, with centrist worlds priding themselves on their values of law and order. Mm. Wow, it's very much, uh, you know, I wonder, was there a uh, centrist Bill Clinton who introduced a galactic crime bill <laughs> in the galactic 1990s? <laughs> Star Wars 1990s. What about what about a podcast where it's just like uh, fake Star Wars politics talk? Like it's like any other podcast, but oh. it's specifically like making up like you know, you know, reading like fake. Uh, wow! Today we're gonna do a reading series, and it's of it's of uh, a new article by Slimmy Schlombo from the Coruscanti Press, and it's uh, why I believe. They should not take down the statues of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> no, honestly, that would be hilarious. Like, if we watched along the Clone Wars in, like, chronological order and acted like like news for each episode kind of thing. Right. It's like, you know, because they have that, like, newsreel briefing at the beginning of each episode. But if we expanded on that, like, we play that clip or whatever, and then we're like... Thanks, Admiral. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, it's famously the Republic invaded uh, Geonosa on, on on lies that they had WMDs. Fuck. When they didn't. And they uh, they overthrew the, the Geonosian Bugman leader. Uh, and that was called the, the Geonosian War. All, of course, sparked originally by... Um, by the by the assassination attempts on uh, Padme, uh, many believe that Palpatine uh, did, uh, and of course those are capped on the star date nine eleven. So many people say Palpatine 9/11 did nine eleven nine eleven ABY, <laughs> or no, it's BBY BBY because yeah, Clone Wars. Palpatine did nine eleven BBY. Fuck me, that's good. How about that's the title of this episode? <laughs> no, I, I that might be, but I also have a really good title, and it's going to be relevant later. But uh, so yeah, I guess that's the centrist from Star Wars. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, God. It's literally, they admired old Imperial uniforms and armor. Like, they're literally mm. wanting to fucking cosplay as space Nazis. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, how bad does the Empire have to be to make people not want to dress up as, I mean, you know. I guess that's not too far fetched of people yeah. dressing up as Confederate soldiers or fucking, you know, yeah, not worse. plenty of uh, plenty of n- not Germany, but uh, other countries in like uh, Europe, like uh, in Hungary and I know in Ukraine, a lot of those like Russian opposition re- Ukraine groups are like outwardly supportive of uh, Nazi collaborator groups. And, like, wear, like, and dress up in their uniforms. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I mean, God. definitely not. Uh, yeah, so apparently Coruscant is one of the centrist worlds. In real, behind the scenes, mm. in real world politics terms, centrist generally means someone who is politically moderate. <laughs> and then there's a link uh, to the to a actual wikipedia article on politically moderate oh god um let's see anything else about the huts uh <laughs> um yeah they did crime um lots of it lots of crime there was zero the hut who had the most whiny obnoxious oh yeah voice, but he could talk english for some reason is a zero a guy because i thought it zero was a girl because they kind of gave them the affect of like a a southern a southern like bell effeminate. effeminate southern yeah you know the effeminate southern accent oh yeah no i'm aware oh no he was a male-oriented hut crime lord okay do they not have genders they just can pick they're just whatever or yeah, that, we don't the, see the, very many the word oriented ones. is very how do you yeah, think huts have sex let me pose that question uh, probably like the blue people do in Avatar. That's a lot of heavy. Tales. Oh, okay. Because if they're doing it like regular missionary style, etc., that's a lot of heavy weight and meat um, slapping together. I bet it's like the banana slug, where like they have both sets of uh, genitalia, and they just like extend one to the other, and they like, hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh. I love, but yeah, zero the hut being like Ahsoka Tano. I knew it would be just a little bit before I saw you. And it's like, oh my god, what the fuck is he? Yeah, that's that's him. a good impression. Thank you. Um, I I I'm on the legends thing about huts, uh, oh, oh, oh. and it does say that they had no skeleton, but instead had an internal mantle which supported and shaped their heads. Wait, but they have a skeletal spine for their tail. Just no head. It's like all cartilage, I guess. Huh. Um, furthermore, oil and mucus sweat made Hut difficult to grasp as its body was slippery to hold. <laughs> they are not lightsaber proof, though. Yeah, that's true. Or, that's or chain choke proof. They can be chained, they can be choked with chains, they can be kicked in the face. Right. Wow, there sure is a lot, uh, here. Um... Their thinking under culture and lifestyle. Their thinking was described as not being the same as humans. In fact, it was claimed that they felt threatened on a subliminal level. <laughs> what? This fear th- this fear they experienced meant that many huts tended to be paranoid, a trait some attempted to exploit, so they all just had like severe schizophrenia. Apparently. They're all just anxious as fuck. Yeah, they all had anxiety. Um, 
Big deal. Get in the line. Yeah. You're not special. Um, wow, there's just so much. <laughs> there's just so much here. Uh, yeah, it's just a uh, big old... There's a whole section on slavery and indentured servants. No tracks. Jeez. Uh, um, let's see. Anything else? No, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, what else is there to say? They're big old fat slug monsters. Austin, let me ask now. Uh, so that's, that's Huts. Big old yeah. sluggy boys. I've met him. Austin, let me ask you an important question. Ask me. Do you know what a bathroom is in Star Wars? Uh, is it not just a bathroom? Do you know where Luke Skywalker go pee-pee-poo-poo? No. Do you know where Obi-Wan Kenobi go doo-doo caca? Do I know where Count Dooku goes dookie? Goes to count his dookus. Uh... Let me tell you then, that would be the refresher. Oh. And I'll read to you some about it. Please tell me about what. Mm, is it like an automated restroom? Does it give you a back rub? Does it tickle your taint? Does it suck your dick? Maybe. It says a refresher, also known as a lavatory, a bathroom, a restroom, a privy, or colloquially a fresher, was a room designed for personal hygiene. They could be found in numerous locations, such as Imperial Academies or Starships, such as a 690 light freighter. Some restrooms contain sonics, which could be used in the absence of water. Certain refresher units were capable of turning the waste into compost. At the resistance base on Dakar, there were rows of refreshers, each with a, sim with a symbol of a drop of water on its door. Uh, according to Finn, the former First Order Stormtrooper, there were... 1,822 uh, bathrooms on a First Order Star Destroyer. Supreme Chancellor Sheev Palpatine's office had a private refresher. Very nice. Now. So, Sonics, is it using, like, sound waves to wash your hands? Yes, I believe so. Cause oh, that's it is, actually really cool. It's its own page, and it does say a sonic shower, known simply, and I'm assuming the same, you know, could be used for a toilet as well or a sink. Is a simply a sonic, uh, or simply known as a sonic, was a device used for personal hygiene. Uh, all it says is they didn't require water. So yeah, I assume it somehow uses sonic waves to push it, push the poop down or off. Uh, that was on the mm -hmm. cannons for refresher. I'm going into legends because there's even more under legends. Um, so let's see what else is there. Um. The temperature of the refresher was usually adjustable. Some refreshers contained privacy screens. The term refresher is alternatively used to describe a toilet alone rather than a whole washroom. Publicly accessible refreshers could have had stalls of varying size and configurations to accommodate different species, including beings as large as huts. Oh, okay. Tying it back there. Uh, and... Uh, 
so that's a bathroom in Star Wars, and then it gives me a list of many, many things apparently where uh, where they're uh, talked about. Um, I never expected bathrooms to be like a deep topic on this one. Right. Um. There's a shout. There's an article for shower. Shower, yeah, showers were washing facilities that could be found in most buildings. Uh, it's just literally real-world things at this point. Uh, they were equipped with jets to distribute water. Yep, that's how a shower works. That's a shower, yeah. Uh, and you could control the temperature. Yep, that's how a shower works. Um, one AT hauler shower was once used simultaneously by Imperial Defector Han Solo and Wookiee Chewbacca to Solo's mild annoyance. <laughs> So now we know it. This is canon. Han Solo and Chewbacca showered together, hopefully naked. I hope they were naked. Well, Chewbacca's always naked. Apparently, that was in Solo, a Star Wars story, but I don't remember them ever being naked in a shower. Well, I guess that's correct. Chewbacca is always naked, but you just can't see nothing because the hair. He's got a bandolier, but. Do you think he has to lift the hair out of the way to shit or pee? Or do you think he's maybe he's like a dog and has like a retractable penis? Or do you think he's like a dog or a cat and after he shits he licks his asshole? Do you think that's on the Wookiee? Do you think he has really bad breath because of that? Do you think Wookiees have bad breath because of that? Well, I'm going to Wookiee. Of course, naturally, I'm going to uh, the Wookiee page. Um, on Wikipedia? Yes. On Wikipedia, going to the Wookiee page. Um, apparently, their coat is has water shedding properties. Um, so... That makes sense. What what planet are they from again? Kashyyyk. Yeah, with, Kashyyyk. With two th- Ys. Three Ys. It's, it's a lot many. of Ys. Uh, Wookiees were many. big eaters. The average adult requiring 3,500 to 6,000 calories a day of food. Good God. It's a lot of food. Awesome. Um, let's see. I wanted... They have a long life... Uh, they had a long lifespan... Not to age over a span of fifty, appearing not to age over a span of fifty years. So uh, you know if they say Wookie don't crack, Uh, um, they're often hungry, forcing to eat whatever they can find. Um, Oh wow, this is interesting. They're uh, they're able to understand other languages like Galactic Basic Standard. I guess that's just English in Star Wars. Any character that speaks English. Yeah, I only know that because of the Star Wars RPG I play, where it's like, like you have when you're char- creating your character, you can spend points on certain things, and like one of them was like knowing other languages. Uh huh. And this... everyone knows Galactic Basic. So this says so. that Wookies can understand other languages like Galactic Galactic Basic, but um, where was I? Uh, but they're physically unable to speak them. Those who had not learned to understand Shri Wook, the Wookiee language, uh, it appeared they spoke in a series of growls and purrs. Huh. Apparently, they were Force-sensitive Wookies as well, which is I just think yeah, I didn't no, know. I knew that because in Clone Wars, there's a youngling Wookiee at one point hmm. that like Ashoka rescues. Well, I know mostly about Wookiees via, of course, famously the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is mostly set in Chewbacca's family's house. Yeah, well, Life Day is coming up, so it'll it'll be here soon. I wonder. It, that's there's there's a picture of of Chewbacca's wife and uh, granddad and child on the <laughs> Legends page. Oh hell yeah! 
You know, uh, I loved that Mandalorian episode one references Life Day. Yeah, that was good. Like, I was really pleased when I heard that the first time. Um. Oh, here we go. Diet. Wookie diet. They're omnivores. Uh, so they eat plants and they hunt for meat. Um, because of, uh, let's see, Wookiee cuisine relied heavily on spices. Because of this, many dishes were not suitable for humans as they could damage their gullet and stomach. Uh, so basically humans in Star Wars can't eat spicy food. Mayo ass humans. Canonically bitches. Yeah. Um, they consume potent alcohol based beverages and then there's multiple Thickelian brandy. Why those they spirits still call it brandy? Those spirits were too strong for humans, who could, would become severely intoxicated after consuming them. So don't drink no Wookie booze. <laughs> I still haven't seen anything about Wookie uh, pee pee or poo poo uh, or breath. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see. I don't think they went into that much of detail on Star Wars, uh, Wikipedia, or in the lore. Um, anyway, well, that's refreshers. So those are bathrooms, Star Wars bathrooms, and Wookies, and Wookies. Uh, if you wanted to know anything about Wookies, those big old furry boys. Um, well, you think there's a furry out there whose persona is a Wookie? probably i wouldn't like them uh i would definitely think it's probably a thing we celebrate a day of peace a day of harmony a day of joy we all can share together joy Austin, let me tell you about the one and only uh, Dex's Diner. Wait, is this the one that Obi-Wan goes to? The, yes, this is the 1950s-themed diner in space. On Coruscant. Because apparently the 1950s aesthetics somehow exists in Star Wars. Oh, and that's not even the only one, because there's literally a Clone Wars episode with another one on a different planet. It, this says Dex's Diner, originally Dee Dee and Astri's Cafe, or just Dee Dee's Cafe, was a diner located in Coco Town, Coruscant. They Coco have, Town. They have, like, burrows, I guess. <laughs> and was run by Dexter Jetster. And this says... The best eats in Coco in the Coco Town streets. Dexter's Diner advertisement on Hollow Net News, located. <laughs> uh, and this is the legends because there's some on the canon, but definitely a lot more and more colorfully written on the uh, legends side. So that's what I'm going with. Located in lower income Coco Town neighborhood near the Se- Senate Seattle district near the Senate district. 
this the grease speckled restaurant atta- <laughs> uh, attracted a steady clientele of itinerant freighter pilots and dock workers, as well as oddball assortment of regulars. Many workers from the manufacturing area came for some jury juice, RDs, also called Jawa juice, or popular sliders, which has a link. What? What? This says sliders were one of the specialties at Dex's Diner. Like the rest of food service, they were greasy and unhealthy, but Fuck cheap yeah. and filling. Yeah, Sliders baby. were small and square, most served with Mongo beefhead patties on transship medium density food boards. Although some replaced the patty with another base, like Frixim Shark Filet, which was used in the Man Slider. This is just describing what sliders are in real life. I love this. Um. Anyway, uh, also served was fried Nerf steak. Pro, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you see, are you on this article or no? No, I'm I okay. looking up a different thing. I'm just laughing at your reaction. <laughs> Let me prepare you for this phrase I'm about to say. It is probably the laziest fake oh God, no. name for something in Star Wars I've ever heard. Pro-tato wedges. Stop. That's pro. That's instead of P-R-O. potato, there's an R. Oh my god. Potato and no E as well. Uh, potato wedges. Uh, apparently a potato. Oh, wait, I thought there was an E in potato. There's not. I'm just stupid. Sorry. There is when it's plural. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Okay, here we go. There's an article on potato. The potato, not to be confused with a potato, was an orange not. type protein enhanced synthetic vegetable. Anakin Solo threw globs at his brother Jaken when their family would sit down to eat meals. It was also featured as an ingredient on several dishes cooked by uh, Baselisk uh, chef Dexter Basilisk. Jetster on Dexter's on, at Dexter's diner. Including pro including potato wedges. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten here in Clone Wars, um, but there's an episode on the planet Abafar where there's a clone who's working as like a dishwasher in a diner, and he has no memory of the Clone Wars because he was like hit in the head. And the uh, the owner of the restaurant like treats him like shit and like assures him he ain't shit and like never was anything and all this and that he's always just worked for him hmm. and all this shit and like starts to get his memory back um i austin let me tell you so tell w- would you believe me if i told you that potatoes exist in the star wars universe but regular potatoes also exist you know it makes sense since you said it's a synthetic protein enhanced thing Maybe it's like a jokey name that they came up with, you know. They're so like, a potato, uh, like like slang almost, you know. A potato was an edible starchy tuber, an oddly shaped brown object. It appeared was similar to that of the planetoid Kessel. That's probably because they just used a potato as the prop. Types of potato included Karelian potatoes. Uh, which were served at the Vorkal feast prior to the Battle of Endor. Mounder potato rice was a potato product. And then there's a quote from Count Dooku. 
that says Master Yoda may be small and old and shriveled up like an evil green potato, but he is my guest and I would prefer you not hit him with a broom unless I particularly desire it. What? What the fuck is that from? from? I cannot picture uh, fucking, what's his name? Goddamn saying that. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Sir Christopher Lee. This is apparently that quote about not hitting Yoda with a broom <laughs> like he's a fucking raccoon <laughs> comes from Yoda Dark Rendezvous is a, in a star which is a Star Wars Legends novel uh, written by Stan Stewart as part of Clone Wars multimedia project and it was first published in November 2004. Okay. So apparently Yoda goes and chills with Count Dooku who has to instruct a servant not to hit him with a broom. They're just hanging out. I mean, he was his master. Now, Austin. That's true. Um, I guess um, they're just chilling. Yeah, they're just friends. They're just buds. Austin, now let me ask you. Would Now, potatoes exist in Star Wars, apparently. Potatoes exist in Star Wars, apparently. But would you believe me if I told you that a topato existed in Star Wars? Wait, hold on. Say that one more time. Topato. No, so that's no. potato with a T. No. Topato was a large spherical fruit that could that could be green. I guess not always. It it's could not be. Always. The fruits served as an ingredient in. Get ready. Topato stew. No shit, huh? Um. God. Oh, this is so oh, stupid. I'm dead. I'm dead. It just looks like a carrot in this picture. Oh, that's the legends. Okay. In the in legends it looks like a carrot and in canon it looks like a green kind of like a avocado type thing. So that's some Star Wars vegetables and fruit for you if you ever were curious. Potatoes, potatoes and topatoes. You know, topatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a torpedo stew. Right, exactly. Anyway, uh, back to Dex's diner, who s- does serve potato wedges. That's good. Um, that protein. Uh, again, the food is oily and unhealthy, but also cheap and filling. Was misleadingly advertised as the best eats in Coco Town streets. Misle- that's rude. They that's rude. That. Hashtag rude. That's like leaving that's a that, that's like leaving a shitty Yelp. That's like the Star Wars equivalent of a shitty Yelp review, uh, of a mean Yelp review. Let's see. Um, it was rumored that Jetster salted his food with addictive drugs to create a craving the customers would return to satisfy. Um, then it goes into some history about the ownership of the diner. Um, during Odo's ownership, the diner was a frequent haunt of Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. I, that, this is totally in line. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn was definitely like, having some like late-night fucking whatever the Star Wars equivalent to weed was. Getting oh, high. Yeah. Not, not death sticks, but he was definitely getting zooted and just like cruising around. And then, then hitting up Dex's diner to get some potato wedges and like sliders. That, like that scene in Pulp Fiction where... He's just driving around on heroin, you know? Yeah. That's Qui-Gon. That's like, Qui-Gon. Literally. Qui-Gon was, like, the definitely the most stoner. Um, Too bad he got chopped in half. Right. Sadly. 
Um, so apparently that's how, through the former owner, Odo, uh, let's see, yeah, so our Jetster continued Odo's legacy, and that's how he became a good friend of Obi-Wan Kenobi, because apparently Odo's knowledge gleaned from customers and backroom dealings was invaluable resource for the Jedi Order. So hence why right, Obi-Wan yeah, goes to Dex's sense. diner for some shady info. <laughs> um, let's see. So Renezi was a waiter who worked for Odo, while droid waitress Flo R4A22 and human waitress Hermione Bogwa <laughs> were employed by Jetster at the start of the Clone Wars. <laughs> Hermione Bogwa. <laughs> Was that she in Harry Potter? Or? Yeah, that's front. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, that's some fun, some fun uh, Dexter's Diner info for you, Austin. <laughs> uh, I wonder if there's any. Wow, there's though. a whole article on Hermione Bagua. I'm trying to look. And she's looking good in this picture. I'm telling you, yeah. I'd fucking, I'd fucking lay that. Her childhood years were lonesome, full of squalor and misery. She has daddy issues. Because she was born in desperate poverty in the filthy lower streets of Coruscant. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Okay, there's not that much info on this one, but the diner that this clone ends up working at um, is called the Power Sliders Diner. (laughs) Power Sliders was a diner located in the settlement of Pons Aura on the planet Abafar. It was owned by Borkus, a male Celestian. Borkus. He, he employed Gregor, an amnesiac clone commando, as a dishwasher. Borkus. Borkus. Wait, Borkus is... Yeah, he's like Nine Nub. Okay, but he doesn't have the same naming convention. Well, Borkus is just a first name. His name is Borkus Nub. <laughs> he's on a first name basis with his customers. With all of us, apparently. Yep. Well, uh, that's a little peek into. You think there's a, you think there's a Guy Fieri equivalent who does like Star Wars diners, drive-ins, and dives in the Star Wars universe. Diners, Borkus, and dives. <laughs> Today we're at Texas Diner, where I heard he's got some fucking banging uh, potato wedges. Let me get in there and just get a little nibble, gobble, gibble on here, dog. He's just yeah. He's, what about his face. he's like a he's a it's a hut and he and he just goes around and it's zero the hut on the run from the law and goes to diners drives them today will I deck you diner? Oh God, I love that. Well, if you're ever in Cocoa Town, go and get some potato well, wedges. Weekend, get some potato wedges, or maybe even a potato or a topato. Maybe I'll ask him to blend all three for me. Good idea. So I can have a proto pote pro. Alright, I don't want to go on too much longer. 
but I did want to end out on some on some articles. I definitely was like, I want to get, I, I want to talk about these because they're fun. Austin, yeah. Let me ask. They're one of the hottest bands in the galaxy. Are you a fan of friggin' Don and the Modal Nodes? <laughs> oh, am I? I do you know? Do you know who this band is, Austin? And not unless they're the ones that were in the Star Wars Vision episode. No, they are the Cantina Band. <gasps> the Cantina from, Band for, from uh, from uh, New Hope. <laughs> so first off, we start with a quote from friggin' Nan, and who's I, I guess the band leader, and then a fellow member of the band, Doik Nats, and it says, "We don't do weddings." <laughs> That makes me wonder if they did a wedding once and it went real bad. Like, not because of them, but, like, a fight broke out or something. Maybe. I'll, we'll, we'll see if I when I scroll down. This is in the Legends. They do have a canon section, but the Legends one, again, is uh, it's a little more fleshed out, so I went with it. Friggin' Don and the mo- Modal Nodes. <laughs> I don't know why, but Modal Nodes is a very fun I love it. word what's or phrase. Def- what's the definition of modal? Modal is, like, um... I don't, I don't know how... I Relating know what, to mode or form as opposed to substance. Right. I mean, I've heard it in, in reference to, like, synthesizers. Like, they're, like, m- describing noises and knobs and stuff, but, uh... Okay. Anyway, so they're they're an all-Biff music band. I guess Biff is that species where, with the big butthead uh, thing, like, they is have... Biff? Biff. B-I-F-F? Like B-I-F... From... B-I-T-H... Oh, B-I-F. Yeah. Uh, that specialize in the genres. Are you, are you familiar with what the name of the genre? And what I it's know, but I'm really exciting. excited. I don't know. I don't think this is canon anymore because on the canon side, I think they call it something else. But uh, I'm, again, going with the, the former version because it's just amazing. Okay, they specialized in the genres of jizz... And no. that's spelled J-I-Z-Z. Get the hell Jizz out. and Jats, which is J-A-T-Z. It's almost jazz. Yeah, but it's also jizz. You know, like what you shoot from your cat? No, I'm aware. And I feel like we should start saying for past tense of jizzed. Instead of jizzed, we should say jats. Jats. <laughs> I just jazzed so big. Okay, so apparently Biffs could sense the total the tonal qualities of sound as a, as well as other races can sense colors. Oh, I guess that's why they were in a band. These guys right here. Now I want to click on and read about the jizz music genre uh, in a moment, but I'll we'll keep we'll go on with reading this about Fliggin' Dan and the modal nodes. Um, so they were members of the Intergalactic Federation of Musicians, and they maintained a reputable standing within the trade guild. The band matching the band's matching stage costumes were somber in tone and reflected the moody aesthetics attributed to their preferred style of music. Yeah, when I hear the Cantina music from Star Wars, I think moody. Yeah, right. Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, although the modal nodes enjoyed success on the intergalactic circuit, they never rose to great prominence beyond outer rim territories. 
in part because they never incorporated vocals into their act. They're purely uh, purely instrumental. They're they're real. Yeah, but I res- I respect an instrumental band. Yeah, they're they're they they respect jizz as a genre. And so let's see members. So it altered over the years, adding and subtracting members. Uh, but they persistently maintained at least five permanent performers at any one time, as some sometimes as many as seven. The known members of the modal nodes included on the Dorinian Besquel, we have Doik Nats. And then coming in, you know him, his name's in the in the name. His name is the name in the name of the band. On the clue horn and the Gassan string drum, Frigandon. Then, coming up next on the double Jossimer, we've got Iqbal Gaunt. And backing us up, of course, on the second clue horn, we got Lirin Karn. Then on, yeah. on band Phil, you know him, you love him, it's Nalon Chiel. Hell yeah. And then, on drums, he's the rockinest guy around, Sunil Eday. Oh god, he's got the best name. Then on the Omnibox, Tech... They got an Omnibox player? Tech Moore. Yeah, I want more of Tech Moore. And then finally, bringing it to a close on the fanfare, we got Ten Dai. Say that one again? Ted Dahai. Okay, there's definitely an N somewhere in there that it shouldn't be. There, it's T E D N. That's a bad Ted. And then I want to point out there is a picture next to the members that says the modal nodes at the wedding of Lady Valerian. And it definitely looks like they're in a fight. Wait, really? Yeah. I'll see oh if my it's. God, for... I gotta find this. Oh, page. I found it. I Hold on, hold on. Listen. One of Jabba's rivals. A whippet named Lady Valerian offered the band 3,000 credits to perform at her wedding to the hunter, a fellow whippet named Dwop. Uh, Friggin declined, or decided that the fast money would enable them to get off Tatooine and out from under the thumb of Jabba the Hutt. They arrived at the Star Chamber Cafe reception hall inside the Lucky Despot Hotel and Casino in Mos Eisley. During one of their set breaks, Friggin took the band's retainer and spent the bulk of it at the casino sabak tables. Oh no. The other musicians grew gravely concerned. Thanks to Friggin's gambling, their chances of getting off tattooing were quickly dwindling. <laughs> That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about a fight. Maybe they got mad at him because he gambled the money. No, that definitely looks like a fight, though. Yeah, you see the picture, but right? maybe, But maybe weddings, like, just bring up old problems, you know? Yeah, maybe. That That's definitely... could. This says, um... So, further down in the background, uh, this says... The band commonly referred to simply as the modal nodes, although friggin' Don insisted on placing his full name before the band's name at every show. What a guy. As band leader, Fiery Friggin' Don was extremely demanding. He was highly critical of every performance and criticized the band heavily if they were to miss even a single note. With the exception this guy of... This sounds like Captain Beefheart. Or, or uh, fucking uh, Buddy, Rich. Buddy Rich, yeah. <laughs> He's the Buddy Rich of Star this Wars. space Buddy Rich. He's a Buddy Rich of jizz music. <laughs> He's the Buddy Rich of jizz. 
So, so my, my the name of the episode. No, I was originally just gonna do, you know. So I was gonna call it like, uh, you know, uh, you know, wacky w- Wikipedia articles. But then the AKA was just gonna be jizz. <laughs> uh, but it might. I could do the Buddy Rich of jizz. <laughs> the Buddy Rich of jizzing. No. <laughs> you ever jizz solo? Yeah. Uh, this says, with the exception of Dorian Bishquel, player Dokic Nats, friggin, uh, uh, friggin owed, owned all of the band members' instruments and equipment. Friggin was never shy when it came to doling out orders to others. As a general rule, the modal nodes refused to perform at weddings as they felt it cheapened them as a band. I guess that's why. The Lady Valerian incident was a rare and presumably regrettable exception to this rule. <laughs> if they had just stuck to their rule, yeah. they'd be happier. Um, although members of the modal nodes were always able to conduct themselves professionally, uh, tempers would occasionally flare, creating instability within their ranks. Uh, Tech Moore, in particular, uh, despised friggin' Don due to the latter's compulsive gambling. The com link number for contacting the modal nodes was 346.9876 Bithband. <laughs> I wonder if they had a jingle. Do you think they had a 346.9876 Bithband? <laughs> Today. Today. Uh, so, friggin' Don 2 and the new modal nodes often played the group's tunes. What is that, his son? Or is it like an imposter? I don't know. It doesn't say. All it says is they often played an aquarium and most nebul- ne- nebulous. I love that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's the old modal nodes. Of course, uh, you know they had some other. Um, they had, it sounds like they had quite a bit of escapades. Um, you know, running into Luke and whatnot, and the yeah. Empire. Um, he so friggin don wagered the band's instruments and equipment on a hand of sabak he lost the bet but the modal nodes soon convinced him to win their equipment back he eventually succeeded and the modal nodes finally agreed to leave tatooine uh they went on to play the intergalactic circuit receiving lukewarm reviews Aww, but they're so good uh i i wanna i gotta check out jizz now austin we have to talk about jizz, Peyton. I've been dying to talk about jizz. Jizz was the genre of music. Jizz whalers were musicians who specialized in the genre. Um, let's see. I'm going... So that was that was canon in Legends. Okay, here we go. Here's a popular saying among aficionados. A jizz band without a bith has its work cut out for them. A jizz band without a clue horn should find a new gig. Am I right? <laughs> I've always said that. I know. That, that, that's the first thing they tell you when you hit the jizz circuit. Uh, it's an upbeat, swinging genre of music. Uh, most notably performed by Friggin' Dar and the Modal Nodes and the Max Rebo Band. We'll be back to him in just a second. Trust me. So you're telling me they're the most, like some of the most notable performers and they got lukewarm reviews? Well, I don't... That says a lot about the genre as a whole, I think. I think. I guess this, according to this, Probably a dying genre it might just mean most public. notably in terms of like what we see in the movies and media. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean in the universe okay. they're the most notable. Sure, I'll allow it, but it's on thin ice. This says other notable jizz bands included uh, Bo Bolo Baker's All Bith Band. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Ever Orbis and his Galactic Jizz Whalers, uh, Hut, 
Simp, just hut. Is it? I guess it's a band with huts. Uh, Sluggo the Hut is is the pseudonym. Uh, who is not actually a hut, according to this article. Uh, others, the of course the modal no- the new modal nodes and the snozzle nels. The snozzle nels. Subgenres of subgenres of jizz included jizz whale, odd bod, and glitz. Also, I like freeform jizz. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you just like to get it everywhere. The music, also the music form Jats, was reminiscent of, or in some ways similar to jizz. Now, then uh, okay. it lists a, a plethora of instruments for jizz, some of which we've talked about already with the members of the modal nodes. I do want to, there's one called the Peel Rod. The peel rod. The peel rod. It's okay. a device used to adjust the sound of the Dorian Bishquel. Uh, so it's like a pedal, I guess. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they're like shoegaze. Yeah, that's the shoegaze of Star Wars, really. All right, <laughs> let's round this fun episode out. I just want to talk about finally more for me. I like them even more. They're they're above the uh, they're above the modal nodes for me in terms of favorite Star Wars bands. The one and only. Max Rebo Band. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a quote from Mech Odom, Kyle uh, Katarn at the Blue Moon. This is in the Legends section again. Okay. Max, The Max Rebo Band. Never heard of them. You will. They're too good to play backwater dives like this for long. And he was right. The Max Rebo Band, also known as the Max Rebo 12 and originally... Ever Orbis and his galactic jizz whalers, huh, I didn't know it was a shoot-off, uh, was, amongst, was among the most well-known bands of the galaxy, thanks in part to their status as the regular band at Jabba's Palace. Which, yeah, you That's will... That's a good gig to get. They are the band you would know, both from the original uh, version, but also the special edition version, where they made them CGI, or at least part of them, um, in Jabba's Palace. I prefer the song from the... Uh, original cut which we will probably play probably after this section formed on the innovative uh formed oh sorry sorry formed on the initiative of lataki of the lataki would-be impressio ever orbis the band originally consisted of the ortolan cerulean fantele stage name max rebo he's the He's the he's to reference a former episode. He's the little blue elephant guy who looks like uh, who looks like Hooter? Hooter from Captain EO. Yeah, he sits in his oh, little man, circle piano. Hooter. I have a hoot my little Hooter figure is right on a shelf near me. Nice. Uh, so uh, stage name Max Rebo, um, the Palakwick Sly Snoodles, which <laughs> one of the best Star Wars names. He's the big. Uh, like chunky bulbous looking guy who plays a who plays like a flute looking clarinet thing and the kitok droopy mccool oh no no i like slice noodles don't get me wrong um slice noodles i got that wrong slice noodles is the girl frog looking thing with the really long mouth oh yeah yeah i meant droopy mccool he's my favorite one he's the big like fat chunky looking guy who plays like a clarinet and i love that name yeah yeah droopy mccool Performing his ever orbis in his galactic right, 
Performing as ever, Orbis and his galactic jizz whalers, Snoodles and Orbis would dazzle the audience with their impressive vocal talents as Rebo and McCool accompanying them on their instruments, the red ball organ and the Chidikulao flute. Touring small venues and cantinas in the Outer Rim, the Orbis-led group soon built up a following. The band was responsible for many hits, of course you know them, folks, including Jedi Rocks, Lapty Neck, and parentheses, The Joyous Night, close parentheses, I Ate My Mate. You know, that one's kind of a deep cut of their discography, yeah. but... Um, Most people don't know it. It's a lot like Baba O'Reilly, where they'll call it they'll call it um, That Joyous Night, like people call it Baba O'Reilly Teenage Wasteland, but, right, you know, right. the real name is Baba O'Reilly, or in this case, I Ate My Mate. Um, thanks to his shady contacts, however, Orbis was the only one to earn a profit. Oh, man. Poor Max Rebo and Droopy McCool and Slice Dang. Noodles. Uh, in 15... It's hard out here to be a jizzer. I know. It's hard out here jizzing. Uh, in 15 BBY, the band played at Dudnik's Cafe on the planet Ty's Horky. Horky. Ty Horky. Uh, around 1 BBY, the band was playing at the Blue Moon Cantina and Strip Club in the rundown city of Trid, located on the backwater world of Dantu, Danuta. The Blue Mood would frequently see Imperial officers from the Imperial Research Facility as denizens of their off hours. In their off hours. Uh, when invited to play at the Mos Eisley Cantina by the Wookiee Chalum, the band leaped at the opportunity to gain greater fame. Unfortunately, friggin' Don, the leader of the modal nodes, took offense to the fact that Chalum would hire a second man and attempted to kill them. Jesus Christ, friggin' Don. Modal nodes don't fuck around. Orbis was the only one to perish in the ensuing melee, and the surviving members allowed the Bith to keep the job. Wow, they killed the oh band leader. God. That's fucked. Huh. So so that's why they stopped being uh, uh, Ever Orbis and his Galactic Jizz Whalers, because Evan Orbis done got fucking killed. It's a, fucked it, up, yeah. It's like fucking Tupac and Biggie out here, man. Um, let's see. So they changed. this is changing their tune. Um, they needed a new direction. Snoodles, knowing that Rebo could easily manipulate, could be easily manipulated. Oh, he's just a sad little keyboard elephant. He, he's easily manipulated. He's like a sad boy. Uh, allowed him to become the new leader of the band. Oh, she did it to manipulate him. Damn. Taking advantage of Rebo, of Max God. Rebo like that. Uh, she did Dude, this in order. It was ruthless. I know. She did it to ensure that Rebo would provide a public target for any further assassination attempts while she managed the van from behind the scenes. Sly Snoodle's first act was to bring in backup dancers Greta Jindowanian, Bristol Sant, and Lin Mi, in addition to fellow musicians. Oh boy, here's a here's a name. Rapto Twanolantoni Tiv. Totalon, stage name Rapper Tooney, and Baquan Don, whose relationship to Friggin was, irre- was irrelevant to the band. Oh, I guess that guy defected from, um, I guess he defected from the modal nodes. Oh, he's, no, this, Baquan Don is the older brother of Friggin Don, leader of the modal nodes, and he joined the rival band to his brother, Max Rebo Band. So... Uh, let's see. And, and it, it, the guy with the really ridiculous long name is like a frog who, uh, 
who plays a, another flute-looking thing. So Rebo, McCool, and Snoodles met with Naroon Kuthis, who allowed the band to audition for the Jabba Deselic Turin. Jabba was so impressed by their performance that he offered them a lifetime contract with payment in the form of all the food the band could eat. Eh, decent deal. Uh, for musicians, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I would take it. Rebo immediately accepted the offer before the others could stop him. <laughs> oh, we stand, we stand our little keyboard elephant. Snoodles would later comment on how foolish she had been in letting Rebo act as the public face of the band as it led them to virtual eternal servitude. <laughs> Still, their lives were not as bad as they could have once been. They were allowed to travel outside the palace and accept tips from the denizens of the palace. They were sent to Hoth to perform for Bingo Bingo Mendra on the Crime Lord's spawning day. Oh, God, I don't even oh want to know God, what that what? is. Unknown to the band, they were being sent to kill him. When McCool discovered thermite explosives hidden in their speakers, the band what? set up a hollow vid that played a previous performance for Mindra while they made their escape. In gratitude, Jabba bought them new instruments and gave them three new band members. The Kaltunian Umpastay, the Weekway Akrev, and the Rhodian bard Donda Bodonawido. So, that's fun. Okay. They played, of course, Jabba's Palace during Luke Skywalker's attempt to free Han Solo. And they later played at the execution over the Great Pit of Carcoon. The band barely escaped the catastrophe that followed jumping to safely as the sail barge blew apart. Greta and Lin Mi then drove away a band of Tusken Raiders, stealing their banthas to ride to civilization. Fallout. This is a real behind the music. It's like, rise to success to to break break up um with their release from jabba's contract the, well yeah because he's dead the band split apart <laughs> rebo would eventually join the rebel alliance playing for troops and enjoying their food which he claimed was the reason for joining in the first place see he max rebo what a what an arc he ended up helping the rebels because he wanted their food uh he would later relocate to coruscant when the new republic recaptured it Rebo also started a restaurant chain called Max's Flaunt House. Yowza joined the uh, Plan Patones, exchanging his singing talent for transportation across the galaxy. Greta and Rastal would also join the band, Greta gaining fame with her hit Kick the Ran Nat, and Rastal leaving the band after meeting fellow Phelan Slug Nix. Don built a thriving... John built a thriving import business on Stenos, while Rappertuni joined Rexbon Kalami, designing upgrades for the MSE droid. Uh, uh, MSE droid. Bondawidu would steal several sculptures from Jabba's most likely townhouse, selling them off and earning himself a fortune in credits. And Umpaste would become employed by Jokoro Dasilic Turi. Uh, Lin Mi searched for her idol Boba Fett after it was uncovered that Fett survived the Sarlacc. The others were not as successful. Oh no. Snoodles would become a spice addict, never able to reclaim her past fame. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ, fucking hitting the, hitting the fucking, you know, getting on the horse there. And Droopy McCool wandered off into the desert wastes of Tatooine and was never heard from again. No! <laughs> Droopy McCool, he's fucking died in the desert alone. Damn, what a fucking bummer. 
Akrev was killed by a pack of Tusken raiders who had taken offense at his fellow Weequay's habit of killing their Banthas as a sacrifice to the Weequay god Quay. And that's the end of some of their songs again. We'll go through them. Lapti Neck, Jedi Rocks, Galactic Dance Blast, Galgamok, That Joyous Night, I Ate My Mate, Ode to Master Chef, or Master Chief, I, it's, I think it's Chef because it's C-H-E-F, probably a Rebo, probably a Rebo original there because he loves eating, <laughs> Ode to a Radioactive Ruin, Heart, My Heart Belongs to You, and of course we mentioned it, Kick That Ranat, and that's all there is to know about the Max Rebo band. Are we sure that's uh, that's all there is to know? Well, that's all on the legends section of their Wikipedia page. Yeah, I feel like I need to dig deep into. Um, I need to go undercover. You need to join. Well, you need to join the music underworld of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. We'll be right back to close out the show. But until then, uh, how about a nice tune from the Max Rebo Band? Hit it. Austin, audience, uh, that was some ridiculous Wikipedia articles. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? I. It's kind of exactly what I expected. It's literally that, like. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, and that like like. Like Star Wars is just so fucking funny. There's like some, I love Star Wars, but like there's some shit in there that I'm like, oh, this is so goofy, and I love well, it. Well, it's because some guy got hired to write a book in 1995 that included a detail that there was a, a vegetable called a potato, and now it's canon and on Wikipedia, or you know, even not canon, it's yeah, in the yeah. legends and is like you know uh, an established thing. And it's like all these people who got hired to write these, you know, insequential novels and shit read by like you know 300 people max <laughs> and then right. it, and it's and then it's canon yeah like it's it's honestly like mission to zix where like they they just kind of say shit and then all of a sudden it has to be canon forever right right but this but time it's like improv it's a yeah and this is like a major media franchise yeah like one of the most successful of all time i i want to maybe i'm gonna try to get disney at my dream now i want to make the max rebo band movie uh and it's like them trying to like it's like basically retelling what we just talked about it's like they're right it's basically told like a conventional like hollywood uh like uh music biopic you know like uh you know like a star is born or you know rocket man or or uh or ray or any of those music biopics with all the tropes where you know like they have the they're standing there about to you know if you've seen um walk hard the dewey cox story the very funny movie oh, i need to watch that it, it basically parodies all of the tropes of like um you know 
music biopics where it's like, yeah, do, uh, Dewey Cox got to stand there and think about his whole life before he goes on stage and performs. And so like, it's like that where it's Max Rebo about to perform when he's having a flashback to his entire, his, the entire events of, of the band and his life. And you know, you, it's, it's their downfall and you see nice noodles on the, on the high on the spice horse. And you know, of course the, the tragedy of drooping the cool, etc. Uh, yeah, I'd love to make uh, the Max Rebo. Have you watched any of the Star Wars Visions? Uh, no, I haven't. Is the Max Rebo band in that? No, one of them is called, um, like, Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh Uh-huh. And it's literally, like, about a, like, alt-rock band just, like, doing their shit. Oh, yeah? That's cool. It's really fun. It's really cute. See, that's what I want more of from Star Wars. I want more weird side stories about all these weird ass, like basically like other genres of movies just happening to be set. Like if they're going to keep making Star Wars movies, I want them to just basically like make as weird like other genre movies, but just happen to be set in Star Wars world. No, and honestly, that's kind of what Visions feels like. Like some of the episodes are like non-consequential to the main storyline at all. And they're yeah. just, like, exploring other ways of storytelling within that like, universe. Like, just give us a fucking friggin' Don and the Modal Nodes Disney Plus show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do we really need another Boba Fett thing? No. I, I'll take it. What we really need is a Modal Nodes a show Fett. or a Max honest, Rebo band. We need a Droopy McCool spinoff show. As much as I agree with you, I'm really excited for the Book of Boba Fett. Well, uh, you, you you're just a simp for 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 Disney. Well, for their properties, for not their, so much like classic you just Disney love, shit. You just love monopoly corporations taking yeah. over the market of of I, entertainment. It is a shame that like the two franchises I love more than any are owned by the same company. Yeah, and I, and that's why and you know I'm a you know I'm. I'm a believer in in real movies, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't God. support. Get out of here, Scorsese. Yep. Well, uh, you know, I agree. <laughs> I don't believe in in that in that uh, cape shit trash. You know what I'm saying? Cape shit trash. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this very lighthearted episode about everything from Job of the Hutt's Epstein connection to uh, how much we love jizz and. Everything in between, including how to go to the bathroom in Star Wars. We love jizz. Austin, any final thoughts? I love jizz. I love it too. And on that note, let's, uh, how about play us out with a little more of that sweet, sweet jizz. And one, and two, and...